Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So in this episode today, I'm going to touch on session structure consideration. Simply things to consider, things to bear in mind when trying to structure your sessions on a weekly basis. And the reason why this is important is, of course, what matters most is training consistently, training hard and doing that over a long period of time. However, like if you're nailing those variables, if you're nailing those basics and you can consider like how you're structuring your session in terms of exercise order to get the absolute most out of it, which is something I generally recommend. And before jumping in, like I said, this only matters if you have consistency, form and effort nailed. Like the reason being is you don't need to worry about what order you're doing it if you're not doing that consistently so focus and instead of stressing about your order stress about right how can you be more consistent how can you set up your environment to allow yourself to be as consistent with training as possible and with your form the reason why that matters more is because if let's say you're trying to have the perfect structure to develop let's say a certain body part but you're not even doing the exercises right then you'd be better doing maybe what you'd say a poorer exercise structure but actually training and doing that exercise properly and of course if you've not got kind of the effective reps close to failure it doesn't matter how perfect your session structures you need to be training hard that's kind of like the main differentiator between people getting results or not throughout the coaching process and what I see is just people who train hard get better results simple as that uh, you get what you put in funnily enough so jumping into the episode and some considerations the first one I'm going to touch on is weak body parts so the closer or the closer to the start of the session you're training a body part the more physical and mental energy it's going to get and what I mean by that is like if you are training a body part last the quality of work isn't going to be as high so if you train it towards the start of the session it's ultimately going to be higher you're able to recruit more muscle fibers if you've got let's say uh you're training an exercise at the start just because you're not carrying as much central nervous system fatigue which impacts our ability to recruit muscle fibers uh, basically what i mean by that is just recruit muscle stim and affects your ability to stimulate muscle to grow and the reason being is like you're also going to perform well, so you're probably going to perform it better, especially if you're in a dying phase because you're not depleted of potential glycogen or, in other words, energy throughout. You've also just got a better ability to kind of focus. Like, if you've done, like, a really long session, obviously the length of the session will kind of de- depend on how important this is, but if your session's super long, the last exercise, like, you, you're not going to be as switched on as focused and the overall quality of the work will be diminished as a result and you won't be able to quite perform as well. So if you are wanting to kind of get the most out of an exercise, like if you're wanting to, let's say, grow your calves as much as possible, then they shouldn't be at the end of the session. They should be at the start, if that makes sense, if your goal was maximal calf development. Not that you can't grow a body part with it at the end of the session or with it later in the session, but if you're wanting to maximise your ability to grow it, it should definitely be towards the start because you'll just get a higher effort and attention towards that body part. Simple as that. And next up is injury risk. So some movements I personally wouldn't jump straight right into 
like I won't go in the gym for legs and do a hack squat straight away just because I don't think that's going to feel great on my knees uh, I personally like doing some isolation movements first getting warm getting some blood into my legs and just getting my blood temperature up before going into a big movement where there is maybe a bit more stress in my joints there is potentially a bit more risk involved in it I personally like doing like my leg day I start with the adductor calves and then I've actually got a leg extension and a leg curl not that you need to have those much that much movements at the start but maybe even doing a a hamstring curl can be good just to get some blood in your legs get your body temperature up because if you're going into the gym cold and you're starting to hack squat then I think you're going to need a lot of warm-ups for that movement which can be time consuming and as well as that then it's just, like it's just not going to feel great if like you're coming into the gym during winter you're cold etc whereas if I jump on the leg extension first then by the time I'm on the hack I don't need to spend as much time warming up because I'm already somewhat warm same applies with like uh like a, let's say I'm training arms I wouldn't want to come in the gym and do an overhead extension they're an exercise I typically don't get on the best with in terms of a bit of joint pain in my elbows uh, just due to being most of the time the like the movements that you might not want to do first is ones where you're loading super heavy in that stretch position which is not only a reason in terms of injury risk but another reason which we'll get to but like if I'm going in and first movement I'm doing is like a really deep squat variation or like a like a really kind of deep tricep exercise I don't think that's going to feel great on my joints I'd prefer to maybe do a standard tricep extension in front of my body first before that if I was straining arms for example and before the hack like I said doing some doing some other type of leg exercises and if you don't have a hack squat the same applies with the barbell squat that sort of thing there that's something to potentially consider another benefit is with injury risk is putting movements first can potentially what you could class as pre-exhaust your muscle uh, basically limit load exposure like if you are doing a hack squat after doing a leg extension an adductor and a hamstring curl would you be able to maybe get as much reps and as much weight as po as you possibly could? Maybe not. It's going to be slightly diminished. Is it going to be e extremely poor and like diminished to an extreme extent? I don't think so. But it's definitely not going to be as great. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like if you're if you're training to failure, close to failure with good form, then you're going to be still getting a lot out of it just because the amount of weight you're lifting isn't as much. So. It can potentially limit load exposure so if let's say you have like a a sore let's say you have sore knees and they hurt a lot on a leg press and don't do the leg press first do the leg press later in the session uh, where you're not going to have as much of ability to lift as much weight if that makes sense and yeah so it just ensures everything's a bit warmer going into those big movements and it will also mean you're considering longevity a bit more as well and typically, like I said, going into an exercise where you're not maybe getting a deep stretch and you're more just focusing on the contraction could be a good idea. And typically it's going to be maybe a bit more joint friendly just from anecdotal experience and on paper because you're not kind of getting an aggressive stretch with that target muscle. And next up, we've got the effect on future movements. So kind of touched on this slightly, but does it negatively affect following exercises? 
what I mean by that is if let's say you're doing a calf raise at the start of your session, is that going to take away from my ability to do a hack squat? Probably not. It's not going to take away from it a ton. Whereas if I started it with dumbbell walking lunges to failure, that is definitely going to fatigue me, make me feel a bit battered and take away from my hack squat. So certain movements will take away from other exercises more than others. So typically, again, big compound movements will take away from maybe the following movements, whereas smaller isolation movements, due to not having as much like central nervous system fatigue, uh, meaning not... What I mean by that is like not just fatigue experiencing the muscle. So not kind of so like tiredness in the muscle, like another form of fatigue where you feel mentally and kind of physically tired and you've got kind of fatigue built up. And yeah, so that's going to potentially impact what exercise would be maybe ideal to do at the start of the session or what movement you might not want to do at the start of the session. And the effect on future movements, like not only can you consider the negatives, but also the positives. So what I mean by that is, I commented on doing a calf raise. Not only will a calf raise potentially help in terms of, no, sorry, not only will a calf raise not take away from your ability to maybe do a hack squat effectively, it might actually promote you being able to do so more effectively by helping you work on your ankle mobility. So that's a potential potential benefit of doing so so you might want to try firing start calves at the start if you feel like you struggle to get your knee far over your toe or you feel like you've got poor ankle mobility and you might find it helps and therefore it might prime you for doing the hack squat the same applies with like uh, other movements you might find like if you do a maybe a, a rope pullover or a pullover variation when you're training your back then by the time you've done like a pullover it's not like a really tiring movement. It's not like a like a big heavy row or a machine row to the same extent. So it's not that tiring. So you could do that before doing a Romanian deadlift or before doing a bent over row. And you might find you're warmer. You don't need as much warm-up sets with the Romanian deadlift or bent over row. And as a result, you can be more efficient and move through your session a bit faster in comparison to doing your bent over row or your deadlift first. And you might even find, as well as helping you get warmer faster, it might not take away from your ability to perform on that big lift. So when thinking about the order of your exercises, don't just think about what you're trying to kind of improve. Think about like what effect is that exercise going to have on subsequent movements in your session, both positive and negative. And there's many examples of how this can be beneficial. Like, again doing that adductor first in your leg day, that might allow you to get better depth in the squat just by kind of working on your hip mobility a bit and warming your hips up. And next up is something that is super important for sure, it is enjoyment. So what allows you to enjoy training? If you, let's say, hate doing a movement in a certain order, then you don't need to do it in that order. So it's basically thinking what allows you to perform at a high degree of effort consistently over time because if let's say you dread a session or you dread an order of a session so much that you maybe skip body parts or you skip that session then that's not optimal on paper regardless of what anyone says so I'd rather see someone do it a way they're going to stick to long term than a way that they're not going to be able to stick to just due to enjoyment purposes. The caveat to that is what's your goals? Are your goals to enjoy training or are your goals to get results? Like the two, two are different things so if you're 
choosing all your actions around what's going to give you the best enjoyment for your trading. Don't expect to get the best results. It's a balancing act. We obviously want to enjoy it because it's going to allow us to put more effort into our sets, be more consistent, have a better kind of mental attitude towards it and less kind of stress. But at the same time, if you want results, your actions need to reflect that. So make sure they do uh, because personally, I enjoy results. I enjoy doing what's going to allow me to progress. I enjoy progress. So as a result, what I do in the gym isn't orientated around kind of what I'd like to do on that day or what I personally want to do to a large extent. I'll communicate my thoughts and feelings to my coach, but for the most part, it is heavily involved in what's going to give me the best results possible because that's what I want out of the gym. I enjoy training as a whole. It's not like I hate a certain exercise anyway. And next up, something that you can kind of consider, I've touched on them in some YouTube videos I've uploaded as well, but resistance profiles. So this is something that you don't need to consider as a beginner. It can be a bit more beneficial once you kind of get a bit more experience in the gym. But I've, yeah, so I've touched on it in my YouTube videos, so be sure to check them out, my training footage, training videos if you haven't already. Uh, and my YouTube is just Charlie Cuthbert, I believe, for anyone wondering. But basically, resistance profiles basically is considering where the machine's heavy, where the machine's light, in relation to where you're strong when you're weak. So when we go through a session, we lose strength in that shortened position. We get weaker in that shortened position. But we retain strength in the stretch position. What I mean by that is, picture a leg extension. A leg extension at the top is when your quad is shortened, when it's shortest in length, when it's all the muscle is all bunched up and squeezed together, you could say. In that position, as you go through a session, your ability to get there diminishes. Your strength in that position diminishes. So as a result, if let's say you want to maximise a leg extension or maybe like a dumbbell lateral raise or maybe a chest fly, then you could maybe put towards the start where you can get a good contraction, where you can actually finish the rep because what can happen or like a plate loaded chest press as well is a very common one because what can happen if you're doing like a plate loaded incline press or a dumbbell lateral raise is you'll fail at the top much sooner than you actually fail at the bottom and what that leads you to do is basically have a lot more energy in that bottom position that you're wasting because in my opinion a rep where you're absolutely grinding from start to the end of it and it's moving extremely slow is going to be more effective than one where it flies up and then it's really hard at the top or or it's really hard at the bottom and then it flies up so being able to kind of match our muscles capabilities and make an exercise hard throughout the full range can be beneficial for that reason uh, so that's something to potentially consider but again if that kind of if that just went right over your head and is really confusing for yourself you probably don't need to know it at this current moment in time so if that's the case then don't worry about it but basically like putting muscles where they're heavy in the shortened position or most of the time at the top of most reps first could be a good idea for that reason just to get the most out of it like uh, a plate loaded chest press before a dumbbell press like a leg extension before squats a cable row before plate loaded row depending on what row you're using 
this isn't always necessary, it isn't always better, but for the most part it will make the exercise feel a bit more beneficial and just feel a bit better because if you've ever done an exercise like a dumbbell lateral and it feels just a bit meh, it just feels a bit rubbish or like a chest press, that can sometimes be why. It's really hard at one point and really easy at the other. So it allows you potentially more consistent progression and more effective exercises across the board, which is something to consider. And if you ever jump on like a, a good machine that isn't Matrix or Techno Gym and it feels what you could class as really smooth, that's usually because it's got a good resistance profile because it's, it's heavy where we're strong, it's lighter where we're weak. A good example is like a T-bar row. As you pull it up, the machine gets more stacked at the top, which means the weight gets lighter because the weight's a bit more stacked over the axis, if that makes sense. So something else to consider is stability. So we kind of lose the ability to stabilise our musculature as we fatigue throughout a session, as we come about peripheral fatigue, so fatigue in the muscle. What I mean by that is like if you are doing, like if you're trying maybe balance on one leg at the start of a leg day versus the end, it's going to be much easier at the start because your muscles aren't battered pretty much, but simple. So if let's say you are doing a movement or movements that require a lot of stability, then you might want to consider not doing a ton of isolation movements that will kind of diminish the ability at the start. What I mean by that is if your main movement's a barbell back squat, then you might find doing a calf raise, leg extension, hamstring curl, might take away from it. So you might only want to do a hamstring curl then jump into your squats, or maybe jump into your squats straight away, or maybe just a leg extension before. You can play about with it, but just bear in mind that it can harm your ability to balance during the barbell back squat, which can be a negative thing. Like I said, there's a component doing some movements first can help you get more out of those movements and prevent injury and make you feel a bit warmer, a bit safer going into those movements, but it can also take away from them. But that's not always, a, it's not a good thing, but it's not always a bad thing. What I mean by that is like, in my in my session, I've got walking lunges after doing isolations. It's my, leg, it's my last leg movement. I've got it after the true squat machine. I've got it after leg press, but that's fine because part of the benefit of walking lunges is allows me to work on my ability to balance, my ability to stabilise myself. So that's actually a benefit of the exercise, which can maybe carry over to your ability to be nice and strong and stable on things like a barbell back squat, on things like machine work. Uh, so it can have its benefit. So I'd rather perform putter on that walking lunge, be able to maybe balance a bit less effectively, but be able to kind of get more out of the movements prior if that makes sense and just kind of get the benefit of the skill component of the walking lunge and just be able to kind of do that last because I wouldn't want to do a walking lunge and then go up and do squats and then a leg press I'd rather it the other way about so it's a quote-unquote finisher what you could say so also something to consider is just like just like what 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 feels like a good kind of layout of the session what feels like a, a good kind of what do you like doing? Uh, this comes back to enjoyment, but what's kind of like a kind of a smooth, a smooth setup? Like I, I know personally, I wouldn't for legs. I wouldn't want to do, let's say, uh I wouldn't want to go in and do a big movement and then a smaller movement 
and then a big movement. Like I wouldn't want to do calves in the middle of my session. I either want them to get them over and done with at the start or over or get them done at the end. I don't want to do them in the middle of the session. So that's something to consider as well. Like how does your session flow? You want kind of a good enjoyable flow to your session, which again comes back to enjoyment. But you can also consider like just to make life easy, if in your gym some movements are relatively close to each other, you don't have a lot of time, then you can do it in an order that allows you to kind of just get on the next piece of equipment so you're not kind of walking from one end to the gym to the other because I appreciate some things like JD Gym, Pure Gym, they can have two to three floors so you don't want to be going bottom floor, top floor, bottom then middle, you kind of want to maybe stay on one floor for a period which I can appreciate, especially if you're training legs for sure. So yeah, hope you've enjoyed the episode. If you did, feel free to like, comment, uh, leave a rating and review. Subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube or I'm pretty sure you can also subscribe if you're watching it or listening to it, sorry, on Spotify or Apple. So yeah, greatly appreciate everyone's support. Feel free to tag me on Instagram, sharing the episode and I'll be sure to share it back and thank you for listening. But I hope everyone has a great rest of their day.